Hello and welcome to the All Walks of Art podcast, a show for creatives and artists from all walks of life. If you stumbled on this podcast, stick around, listen, and become a regular. I would ask you to find a comfy chair, pour your favorite beverage, and enjoy the show. On today's episode, I kick off drinking with a glass of wild turkey bourbon and follow up with a hazy IPA from the masters at Jackie O's. It's called Under the S- or Under a Cloud, rather. My guest is an insanely skillful creative. He's working with both photography and and video. I'm pretty excited about talking to him. We talk about photography, gear, all the fun stuff, and working from a small town. So without any further delay, let me welcome to the show photographer and videographer, Gunnar Barnes. Hey, how's it going? It's Happy good. to be here. It's awesome. We had a little bit of pre-show banter here. Got going with some things. It's pretty good to have you on the show. I would love to have you in the studio, but with uh, COVID and everything, it's just best we probably don't just yet. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, speaking of COVID, I don't really, I really don't want to talk about that too much, but how has that affected you in any way? Because I know it has me. Um, yes and no. Like, more people want to, like, go, like, do, like, outside shoots and stuff and, like, just get out. Mm-hmm. And, like, for family shoots and that kind of stuff. But then, like, on the other end, it's just, like, a lot of, like, my, my like, bread and butter is, like, a lot of weddings. Oh. So like everybody's just like kind of freaking out about that. Yeah. Like, oh, I have no idea like what's going to happen. And then like I've had to like reschedule like some for next year, which is good. But at the same time, it's just like, oh man, what am I going to do with these open dates now? Yeah. So like I said, it's like it's like fifty fifty. Like there's just some headaches to it, but some it's like kind of business as usual, sorta. Yeah. That, I never thought about weddings being. I mean, they probably they probably are hit pretty hard right now. Oh yeah, they're, they're they're pretty. Yeah, it's just a disaster everywhere. <laughs> wow. So uh, I got to ask, what are you drinking today? Well, originally I was going to white trash it up and just get some PBR, <laughs> maybe like a Coors Banquet. Well, I call them Banquas. And uh, <laughs> they're the, you know, they're the best. But um, I, I thought I kind of forgot that I had some like blueberry vodka and some like my girlfriend has this uh drink like this drink tutorial book how to like make these like certain kind of drinks so there's like this one with, like blueberry put blueberries in it and like to just like you know splash a club soda and just have a blueberry vodka in it and it's actually super delicious and it's clear liquor so it's just like i'm like a white woman on a diet so <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic <laughs> so you went from White trash to a woman on a diet. <laughs> yeah, well, I just started thinking. I was just like, I want people. I look white trash, but I want to feel fancy. <laughs> That's funny. Now, speaking of that, I went back and looked because the only uh, I looked on the internet for you everywhere, and there was just not a lot going on that I could find. But I did find a Venmo, several videos on Venmo, uh-huh. and you had long hair. Oh yeah. That's cool. I was, uh, yeah, I had like shoulder length hair at one point. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, people, I like used to get like, not like a bragging session or whatever. I guess it'd be <laughs> like a humble brag, but like, uh, one time I was in Kroger, like it was like right when I was like, I think I was 20 when I had super long hair and I was in Kroger getting groceries and this woman comes up and hits me on the shoulder, taps me on the shoulder. I was like, hello. Hi. And she's, she goes, you have, and she starts grabbing my hair and like playing with it. She goes, you have the nicest hair I've ever seen on a man. She goes, and I've seen a lot of hair. And I was just like, oh, I'm like, thank you. It is a little like, creepy. 
I'm like, I'm just trying to buy some like salt and vinegar chips, lady. Like, please leave me alone. Well, she should have bought your chips. That's what I, I was sitting there. I was just like, well, these groceries aren't going to buy themselves, lady. For a lock of hair. Nice, nice. So I'm having, uh, I'm going a little bit, I'm going to call it like a boiler maker. I'm, I'm starting with wild turkey. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm drinking it from a rocks glass. I pre-gamed a little bit today. Probably shouldn't have. My wife always <laughs> says, you got to give it a rest, man. You always drink so much in an hour show. It's like, you know. And then, of course, there's so many other things I do on Sunday afternoons that go with drinking that, well, it's just not good for me. But then the other <laughs> the other beer is a 7% limited release from Jackie O's. Um, I always want to call it under a sun or under the sun, but it's actually called under a cloud. So, uh. Pretty good little hazy uh, East Coast style or New England style IPA. It's uh, quite tasty, actually. Oh, a little nice. tangerine flavor in it and uh, maybe a little bit of pineapple. Jackie's can do no wrong. No, really. they can't. They can't. They're good, good manufacturers of beer. <laughs> yeah, they know their craft. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, I, I kind of want to, I want to get into some different things. And one of the things I really want to, discusses working from a, working as an artist from a small town. I know personally it can be hard to um, do your pricing in a profitable way as a business. And it's also, it's tough to find clients. I mean, it's just, you just don't have a, a large like population. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The population is just not real big and it's, it's kind of oh. difficult. Uh, what, what have you done? I guess, um, to kind of combat that, I mean, you're everywhere. I do see that. I do know that you're you're just really hustling, which is really cool. Um, but I'd, I'd really, I'd like our listeners. They're all artists for the most part in in different ways. And um, what are you doing that helps you kind of expand on that? Um, I think like what I've kind of done is like the guy my professor who taught me like my mentor in college said that like freedom lies on the other end of like discipline. Mm-hmm. So with like, especially in a small town like this, where there's like, I mean, there's so many great photographers and chill a coffee and it's like you know, within Ross County, there's 77,000 people. And mm-hmm. then within the city, there's like what, 22, 25,000. Yeah. And like what I've like kind of done, like kind of separate myself is just like, like, if you're selling art, you're, you're, you're a business person. Cause mm-hmm. like, there's like, you have the creative side, but then like 85% of it's just like literally going on, like marketing yourself. Like, even if you don't think something's good, like you just like kind of push, if you want to make money as an artist. But the thing that I kind of like I've done and like, I kind of tested it out to see if it would work, but like, I've just like kind of been myself mm-hmm. and hasn't like really, I don't put on like a facade really to sell stuff. Like, if you meet me, I'm just kind of, like, the way I am. I don't really have, like, a, like, a, you know, everybody has, like, a business face, sort of. But, like, yeah. you know, I'm just, like, kind of, like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like, it, just the apps, like, I'm the, I'm the same with everybody. Yeah. And I feel like that's, like, kind of, like, helped me out in a sense. Because, like, people, you know, they'll hire me for something. They're just, like, oh, like, they're, like, man, I always just, like, you always just, like, word things, like, a funny way, like, in your post or something. It's not just, like, here's a photo of, like, a cloud. <laughs> Here's a photo of like some people kissing at a wedding. Right. I think it's important too. I mean, you know, we already have enough Chase Jarvises, honestly. I mean, we, we've got Chase for one. He's a, 
for those listening who don't know who Chase Jarvis is, he's a fantastic photographer and um, teacher, entrepreneur and all that. But, um, you know, there, there's a, there's something to be said for being yourself, you know, oh, and, yeah. and that's the thing. If, if people identify with your personality, it, it's typically better to have people who like your personality and work with them anyway than it is to have the other way around. Oh yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's like, well, it's like, I think me, and it took, a, it took a while. It wasn't just like immediately I started doing that. And it was just like, Oh, okay, I can do this. Like it took years of like, just kind of like, it's weird to like kind of cultivate yourself. Yeah. And it's because like, you're already like, I'm like artists, I think are already struggling with the sense of like, okay, I don't really like my art. Sometimes most of the time, are other people going to like it? And then when other people start liking it, you're just like, well, do I even still still like this? And you're trying to sell it and you're like, I hate the way that I sound. <laughs> right. <laughs> I sound like a used car salesman. <laughs> like, please. Like, that's, that's have, true. Yeah, like, hire me for a wedding, please. Yeah. I have bills. <laughs> I will be sleeping in my car. So you mentioned curating, basically curating your work. I, um, I find it personally difficult to niche down and say I'm only going to paint this or I'm only going to paint that and um one actually it was really tough for me to pull away from photography because I really enjoyed it and I loved working with people uh, most of the photography that I did was commercial and editorial nice. and as I got going with it it was like I was always gone always away from home and I relied on everyone else. And it seems like the bigger the budget, the less creative freedom I had. And I just got to thinking, I've always been a painter. So for me, curating myself uh, in that regard, it was, I, I had to cut the photography out of it and see how I can use photography as an artist uh, for me being a painter. So basically, for me, photography and videography is all curating and creating content of me being an okay. artist. So, oh, nice. Have you ever have you ever felt like you had to kind of stop doing something in order to focus? Um. Yeah, for sure. It's like so. Like I started off like um like in the video world. Like I started um like just doing like a lot of videos in high school, and then what just like I went the school for videography to like learn how to be like, you know, make movies, documentaries and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I got DSLR, which like I got it to shoot video because like at the time and since then they just become like, you know, standards of just like, you know, they have great video capabilities and everything. So, and then like I started like doing more like video work and then like doing weddings and stuff. But then people kept asking me like, all oh, do you shoot photos? And I was like, yeah, like everyone's like, you know, just casually I'll take photos of like uh you know my friends and me hiking that kind of stuff but mm -hmm. I didn't want to do photography I just want to stick with video but the demand for uh photos became so much I was like okay okay I'll shoot I'll shoot this <laughs> event okay I'll shoot this so like I still I do a lot of video like it's kind of picked back up kind of since covid actually kind of weird but uh like like photography kind of like took took off and became its own thing so then like like the less video work i did the more photography work i do which mm -hmm. is nice because i still like both mediums but like video is like kind of like where like my like kind of soul is sort of yeah. like i just like you know yeah. i love like all of it but then like 
especially with photography, like I started following like nature photography and like just like I actually like uh like music photography, like mm-hmm. taking like pictures of live bands, but like a lot of those don't pay. Right. Then I have to shoot weddings, which I'm not saying like weddings aren't my favorite thing, but they're like it's like the cookie cutter kind of stuff to me personally. Yeah. It's there's the meat and, it's the meat yeah. and potatoes of photography, really. For a lot yeah, of and there's and there's nothing wrong with it because people yeah. like argue like in forums and stuff saying like which kind of photography is like more more like photography, I guess. And mm-hmm. it's just like you guys are all arg- like this this argument is stupid. <laughs> like <laughs> right. everybody is everybody in this is a photographer, whether you're a nature or landscape, yeah, like yeah. you know, political photographer, like it's all the same thing. They're just different like yeah. styles of the same thing. I just like so I never potato like those arguments always bore me because I'm like, man. Yeah, they're terrible. They're they're so bad, it's almost like everybody needs to be in the same genre of of what they do and it's mm-hmm. it's like you know we all have our own taste we all have i mean i don't like shooting flowers but same yeah. i i know that people out there are really good at it and they you know they excel at it and they enjoy it and that's i really think that's a lot of it um we can we can probably hunker down on this whole podcast about you know following your passion and you know the things you need to do and the things you need to do for money and you know all these things but you know that arguing between and I, I totally get this because I'll say it like this all the photography forums for me were just such a such a buzzkill mm-hmm. you know it's like why can't we just be artists why can't we just enjoy what we do and be thankful that we have this we're grown up in an age where you know I remember shooting film and I would I would you know take 24 frames take notes with every frame and then I'd run down to the <laughs> place to get it all developed and I'd get them all back and go, well, that sucks. You know, <laughs> it's like, I got to yeah. start again. So then you take more notes and you go back and you compare and you get a little bit better. Now it's like, you know, you take a picture and you get instant gratification out of it. You can tell when your settings are wrong. You can, you know, you can get out of oh, yeah. automatic mode quickly and anybody listening, if you're shooting with a DSLR or even a mirrorless camera right now, get out of the automatic modes and start using the, you know, even even aperture priority and shutter priority. You know, go the distance, get into manual and start learning how to work the camera to your benefit so you can create a picture instead of the camera deciding well, what's best, you know. Yeah, that's what I always tell um, people who are getting into it. They're just like, oh, it's the first thing I should do is it's like, Take it off the A and put it on the M. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And P is not for professional. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, P is not for professional. Like, that's not the, that's not the next level. That's not the highest one. Yeah, because people are just like, oh, I always use, like, just use autofocus. I was like, yeah, sometimes it's nice, like, if you're trying to capture something, like, quick moving or something. But then, yeah. like, but if, like, you really want to learn, just like, it's just like, I don't know. I, I grew up in the age where, like, if my parents taught me how to swim, they just threw me in a deep end. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? I get all kinds of crap because I use a Panasonic GH5. And we all know the, I, I actually come up with a, a Nikon as my DSLR. And uh, I went to a Panasonic GH5 because I wanted to do more video. Oh, yeah. And uh, capture more of my art process and things like that. And I, I still, I feel like I suck at video. So I don't want to get too involved in that. But. Everybody gets on me about, you know, it's like, oh, you should have got a Sony. It does so much better with, 
autofocus. It's like, I, I know it does. So does Canon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, they're all great tools. There's no reason why we should make crap anymore, you know? So, <laughs> I don't know. That's I, true. It is. Yeah, we should, there's, yeah, there's so much, there's still so much crap out there that's just like, it's 2020. Come on, like, how's, yeah. how are people still selling this? <laughs> right. It's like, cell phones are good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they really are. I'm not joking. So, oh, well. Um, I would like to know about your projects. You know, tell me what, what you've done, what you're working on now. Uh, tell our listeners, you know, just, just share. I mean, this um, is, this is kind of an open forum to, to brag, drop well, names if you want to. Yeah, that's super cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, so, like I said, I started off doing like, you know, I still do weddings and stuff. Not like I started off and like I've branched off and now I'm better than everybody else. I don't have to do weddings anymore. Uh, <laughs> Which, you know, if anybody's listening to a wedding photographer, videographer, I stand in <laughs> solidarity with you. <laughs> um, so, like, uh, one of my favorite things, like, some of my favorite stuff I've done is, like, I've taken, like, a lot of, like, music photography and stuff. Like, I shared this thing that, like, when Chillicothe had Paper City Music Festival, which was put on by, like, Dennis Foreman and Mark Secoy, mm-hmm. and it was the last one they had, and I got to meet uh, Anderson East. Oh, wow. like kind of like a southern rock band and yeah uh yeah i got to like drink like whiskey with him and stuff because I, i'm fr- i'm pretty close friends with dennis so like i had my camera out and like i just got free tickets and i couldn't make it because i was working and uh <laughs> <laughs> i go back and he goes you want to take pictures backstage i was like yeah that'd be super dope yeah and then like ended up hanging out and doing that and like just those kind of things like those moments like being able to just like be on stage and take photos of this band and like it was like the last day at Paper City, so there's probably like a good, you know, seventy people I think out in the crowd, That's awesome. and those guys were just like so electric and everything. And then just like even doing stuff like that to like, like one of my favorite things I've done was I did a lot of photo and video work for uh, our current mayor, Luke Feeney. Yeah, his first like uh, during his first term, like did like a nice commercial. It was like the actual like first thing that's ever aired on TV. That's awesome for me. So like people were like with texting, like they like because it was only it was on Horizon, mm-hmm. so only people at Horizon could see it. But like people text me, they're like, "Man, I just saw your commercial on TV." And I was just like, "Man, that's so cool." Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> so then, so then, like you know, everything go from there. Just like do it. Like I worked with the city again. Like worked on like recycling. Uh, the recycling program was uh, first implemented. Did a couple videos and helped uh just revamp like their website and stuff and that was that was a fun experience just because like i was like working as like a government employee mm-hmm. and like helping like you know create these uh commercials and like just psas about like the recycling program because it was super conf- it was not super confusing but you know you're implementing this huge lifestyle change on people yeah and the city wanted to actually be proactive and be like okay let's get these people ready to learn it wasn't really anything crazy. It was just like, you know, how to separate cans of bottles, but you know. <laughs> yeah. But still you're telling a story and it, even if it's mundane to some people, it's still, you know, that's the thing with making videos and taking pictures. You're, you're just, you're basically catching, catching moments and you're splicing it all together to make a story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I like the way I kind of like put that kind of stuff. is just like, like I've flown, you know, several times so i never pay attention to the you know 
on plane thing, like yeah. the video that tells you. But then there are people that I notice, like almost on every flight that I'm on, like I just like peek around when the video is showing, and there's like just somebody just like watching it, like just like so intently. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, okay, like what if I do lay to the ocean? Even if I'm just <laughs> flying to Chicago, there's no way I'm going to. I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first time I flew, like I was like, I had my notes out on my iPhone. I was just like, okay, this the string pulls this thing. Dude, no so, lie. We were we were coming back from San Francisco. I gotta tell this story. Um, we were I went out there to do some uh photography and and see some things and all that. And back in 2014, basically we are flying back and we're supposed to land in Chicago at 10 p.m. And I was gonna get a flight from there to Columbus uh right after that like 1030, I think it was. And our flight got diverted. You could tell he was making all kinds of turns. The oh, pilot. Man. It was like, mm-hmm. oh crap. So I got on the internet and I noticed that there was just storms all around us. Big ones. <laughs> yes, this was June, oh June 2014. And I'm looking down at the clouds thinking, those are massive thunderheads. Massive. And we were literally 30 minutes late on our descent. And I knew we had went way around all kinds of things just to get where we are. So then I get a notification from Expedia telling me that all flights were grounded and that my flight was canceled. So I'm like, this ain't good. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> so it's real bumpy coming in, right? Just like real bumpy. I'm thinking, man, I'm glad I watched all them videos. <laughs> glad I paid attention. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I took the window seat on the way back and as we're coming down the runway, I'm l- literally we're sitting over the wing and I'm looking down the runway as we're approaching it. So the, the plane had to be at a 45 degree angle had to be yeah, coming in. It was not landing straight. We hit so hard, you know, kudos to that pilot because I don't know how he kept it on the runway. And it was it was kind of scary. It really was. Oh yeah. And we we get off. We're rushing around. The the wife had just had um, a stroke prior to that, so she was she was not able to walk real well. So she was in a wheelchair, and we're running around O'Hare trying to <laughs> trying oh, to get O'Hare. someplace. Yeah, it's such the a worst. such a fucked up place. So <laughs> we're we're flying along. We're we're pushing everywhere. I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got I got to get to work tomorrow. You know. And, this this sucks. I I work evenings, so I mean I, I had all day to get home, but I needed to sleep. We left San Francisco and it was beautiful and you know wonderful weather, and we show up in Chicago and it's like Armageddon. So <laughs> yeah, here I'm sitting there thinking, what the hell are we going to do? The only place open was McDonald's, so we stood in line for like two hours to get uh, something to eat, and we were literally sleeping on the floor to get out of there and. One of the guys, we got a um, a blanket from some of the people who work there. And they were saying, yeah, we put out 5,000 cots and 10,000 uh, blankets. It looked like FEMA had come in and just said, here you go. It's a disaster area. And it was like just total, total mayhem. That's, that's insane. It is. It is. It, it made me never want to fly again. Def- oh, yeah. Definitely not I to Chicago. Say, <laughs> see, I I have so many war stories about Chicago. Like <laughs> the last times I flew in there, that fucked up 
there. Well, it's just it's a pitiful excuse. They should just like just get rid of it. Oh yeah, it's too big. It's just like the last time I was there, I was flying to California, and I took like super early morning flight because I'm a ridiculously cheap and I'll just basically <laughs> fly on like just some old right. Vietnam like oh. war plane. <laughs> it's like half the wings falling off. It's right, like 50, right. 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I get two carry-ons. It's a plastic seat. <laughs> <laughs> I can watch Look Who's Talking on the Plane. Whoa. Sweet. You guys hacked me at $50. But so like like it was so icy on my way up at 530 that the wings were frozen. Ooh. And there's a guy like just like looked like with one of those just like little space heaters. Just like I'm like <laughs> I'm like ah. I'm like fuck this is awful. Yeah. So then like yeah, flying to I'm late getting in to Chicago O'Hare, and like I look where I'm at and where I need to be in ten minutes is on the complete opposite side, and I'm like <laughs> running like right. I just. I look like the family in Home Alone 2 when they're trying to fly back to meet Kevin. I know the feeling. I was just like, I mean, people were just like looking at me like I saw people point and laugh. And I was just like, yeah, okay, ha ha, super funny. Right. Were you driving camera gear? I got to know. Yeah. I had like, I had my suitcase and I had my backpack. So like, it was just like going back and forth, just like clanging around. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. I've literally like, bought clothes on my destination so I could pack more camera gear in the overhead because I don't, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to put it anywhere. I want them to handle it. I want to take it myself. Like, don't, don't touch my shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what what uh, me and my girlfriend's been doing when we, when we travel is just, we just take one suitcase so I can break my own bag <laughs> as I can't carry on. People just like, are you serious? I was like, hell yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can I can really identify with that whole meet the Fockers thing where he, he was, yeah. you know, take it from my kung fu grip because you're not getting it, you know. Oh yeah, it's yeah. There's one time where I actually got to go do some video and photography work down in Guatemala for a like a nonprofit where they go down there and just like they build homes and stuff. Oh yeah, I see and, those uh, pictures. Those are fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, that that was well. That was like one of those like huge like eye opening things where like mm-hmm. I always tell people if you have a chance do something like that, like do it. Cause just like, it's just insane to experience like a different culture yeah. other than yourself. But then like, I remember this was super funny. Cause like I have my bag and I don't like, I speak Spanish, but like, I don't know, like I can, I can, there's no way I can speak it there. Yeah. And they're just like, I don't think your bag's going to fit. And I already flew there knowing that it did. And this is like when we're leaving and I'm just like, yeah, it definitely fits. They're just like, sir, like it's. They're like, we're you're not gonna be able to take this on the plane. And I was like, the hell, I ain't. <laughs> right. <laughs> and like we like they like we were able to fit it like normal. They're like, okay, they're like yeah, it fits. I was like, yeah, I'm on the same exact airline. Yeah. And then I was in uh, I was in the line just like they're checking my passport. And the guy looks at he like looks at my name. He looks up at me. He goes, "Is your name really Gunner?" I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Is that badass?" It is. And there's just people like in Guatemala. There's just like armed guards everywhere. So even they laugh and then like gave me like a nod. I was just like, "Man, I'm the coolest guy in the Guatemala City Airport right now." That's great. Like yeah, it's just and then like the people who um, like I was working with. 
like one of the guys came up to me, he goes, did he just, that? did everybody just compliment you on your name? <laughs> like, yeah. It is, a bad, it is a badass name. I love it. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. My mom uh, named me after, uh, you know, Ricky Nelson had twins. Yeah. And I'm named after Gunnar Nelson. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, I always share this like one picture. I've got her announced and he has like the super long blonde hair. <laughs> right. And he's pointing. <laughs> and I, I always tell people, I was like, this is this is when my mom was just like, she saw that picture and then she was pregnant with me and I have a twin brother. And she goes, yeah, one of them is going to be named after this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and the picture's just so dated. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it because I mean, I. They, they don't make bad music. I just like sit there, like right. look at that picture sometimes, because I like I found it and I like made fun of my mom because I like my name a lot. I think it's super cool. Yeah, there's nobody else really named it. But then uh, most of like you know I was dating a lot, like around a lot, and girls would always ask me if like my parents are super into hunting. <laughs> right. And then they hear like they're like, oh, you have like an Appalachian name. I was like, no, I don't. And they're just like. You even sound Appalachian too. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> right. There's no getting away from it. <laughs> there isn't. It sucks. <laughs> People who don't live around here don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Then I like, can sing I yeah, I can sing a Tyler Childers song really well just because I right. sound super Appalachian. Right. Our grammar's not bad. You're just you don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because um, like my my girlfriend's from New York, so she that's always book she pronounces things differently, but then I just butcher everything that I say. And she just looks at me. And she goes, was that English? <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fun uh, times. It is fun times. So uh, I've, I've got quite a few influences that, that really, it's, it's funny being a, being a painter. One would think mm-hmm. I would, I was only influenced by painters, but in the modern age, I'm heavily influenced by videographers and um, cinematographers, even um, directors. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I love them uh, heavily. Uh, some of the some of the movies, like 1917, is a good example with Roger Deakins. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm totally amazed with the the look that he gets. You know, I, I know a lot of it's grading and and all that too, but even the lens choice, the aperture choice i mean all these things really play a big part in what you're seeing in the movie and i know that the director has a major hand in that um i i gotta know you know who who influences you as a as a photographer and videographer oh man like i don't like i have like influences like in my like in my work like i uh like I'll my my main thing's like music. Like something will like will drive me, and then I'll probably like just see like a really, like like you said like I'll like watch a movie, mm-hmm. and like just like a cut like what like I was just talking about this yesterday for a few friends of mine, and talking about the movie uh, Drive with uh, uh, Ryan Gosling in it. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah, we were all hanging out yesterday, and the song uh, it's called like Real Human Beings. I forgot like the guy the name of the actual artist escapes me but it's like got this like really cool like 80s synth pop thing and like ever since then like like if i would jot something down like because i have like a notebook full of like and things notes on my phone and everything mm-hmm. that 
are just like different premises for like videos and stuff that I've always like want to do, but just like, you know, once I find a time to like actually sit down and do like a, you know, like a passion project thing, like music's very heavily th- like influence is a huge influencer for me. Yeah. So then like, I'll put like, you know, real human being 80 synth pop, like kind of style song here. And like, I'll just sit there and like listen to music for hours and just like, you know, write stuff down and just like get like kind of like enveloped in like an idea. So then you start just, I just start like brainstorming different things cool. or it's, it's just, I don't know. It's just like, it's real interesting. And then like one influence that I like, I think for photography wise is have you ever watched that show tales by light on netflix yeah yeah like that like the way that that guy that i think his name's like like rylan like abersom i forgot i think that's the guy who creates yeah. it and and directs it and just like the people he gets are just so interesting yeah and they're just so like they're, they're like they're bigger yeah. than life yeah and like they're things they're people that no one really knows who they are yeah because people always talk to me, they're just like, oh, I bet you're like a huge fan of like Annie Leibovitz and stuff. I'm like, yeah, she's like, she's cool. Like, she's not like definitely one of my favorites. Like one of my favorite photographers actually is uh, Jeff Bridges. Oh, really? I didn't know he was a photographer. He, he has, he has a film camera and like, and he takes pictures. Of, you should look it up. There's a bunch of pictures of, that he's taken across all his movies. Mm-hmm. And just like, they're just so like, Perfect. I think first, this is just me because I'm a huge Jeff Bridges fan. Yeah. So like he uh, like the, just the framing and the composition of him are so good. He has like this like kind of like selfie with him and <laughs> so uh, cool. what say Elliot sitting at the bar oh, like in no the big house. And it's just just <laughs> that's my favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's up. It's like it's probably like one of my all time favorite movies of all. Like I've seen it so many times and I can quote it back and forth. <laughs> we, just, we had white Russians on the last episode for Paul. Oh, poor, poor Paul. He just, he, he discovered a drink he loves and oh, I got, damn. I got him trashed on last episode. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> white Russians are dangerous, they man. They are. They are. Even he, my Amazon guy, every time he brings like cables or whatever it is he brings on, on Sundays, it seems like uh, he was, <laughs> every time I walk out, my, my hair's long. My slippers are on. My robe is on. I'm drinking a white Russian. I'm, I'm like, I really got to get a life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It sounds like you're living the dream. I'm able to answer the door like that. Uh, so you, you mentioned your process. It's driven by music. Um, that That's pretty, pretty cool, really. Um, tell me more about your process. I mean, your gear, every, everything. I mean, I think everybody listening... I really hate this. Hate to drop gear and say that gear matters, because in my mind, gear solves a problem, and mm-hmm. it, it's not so much that this gear will make you a better photographer, or better video maker, or director, or whatever it is you do. I really think gear gear is designed to solve a problem, and if you once you learn, once you get past the basics, I think you tend to learn. You know, hey, this gear would make things easier for me, not better, yeah. but easier. So kind of, kind of go there for us if, if we can. Yeah. Um, well, I think like with like starting out, I think it's like super crucial for people listening who are just like, you know, you were listening, 
like longtime listeners or people listening to me, like hoping for some sort of advice, which <laughs> I hope I kind of maybe give it and like a an elegant kind of style. Probably not. You are. But you are. I can I, I can tell from listening. <laughs> <laughs> and we're drinking. I mean, how Insane. how could it how could it be wrong? <laughs> yeah. I mean, heck, I drink all the time. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> But uh, yeah, this is this this is just an excuse, right? But um, <laughs> what I tell people all the time, like like at first, like I mean, like within the first, like even if it's like a hobby that you want to do, then like maybe take this on to be something that you can make money. Blah blah blah. Like worrying about gears should be like the least of your trouble at the start. Yeah, yeah. it's just like you know, it's like folk. It's like you know, trying to learn. Like it's like once you learn. Uh, like smoke on the water on a guitar <laughs> and you're just like, okay, I'm ready for stairway to happen. <laughs> like that's you, you gotta, you gotta build yourself up. And I think people, especially people in my generation get frustrated that people like don't like their stuff immediately. And then they get so self, then they get so like down on themselves. And then they see other people who have like, yeah, I have nice gear and stuff and I have access to like, you know, a wealth of like good gear. Mm-hmm. And I think people just like, oh, well, you know, I wish I could take pictures like you. It's just like, well, you can like 90 percent mm-hmm. of any photo is just like setting up the shot. And yeah. then like the rest of it is just simply pressing the button. Yeah. And like and then sometimes it's just mainly luck. Like if I'm able to get like a, a picture, like like, for example, uh, I went to Capital University. This is during the last election cycle. And Obama was speaking, of course, like, you know, he's there, like, you know, promote, promoting Hillary and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just, I borrowed a Zoom lens. And it was like, not great. I mean, it's not a great Zoom lens. It was like, you know, like, I think like a, like a $50 Zoom lens, I think, from like, that he got from like off Amazon. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, that wasn't a Canon one because I had a Canon mm-hmm. body. So it was just like, like an off, like, I mm-hmm. think like Tamara or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like, and I have like this, just, uh, the only camera I had at the time was just this T3i Rebel. Uh, it was just, you know, a $300 camera and it's like right. 40. And I able to get this picture of Obama speaking and this guy in the foreground, like he's in focus in the foreground. He's out of focus, but he has this like fist up, just like, you know, like change. Oh, nice. And it's like people have just said like, oh my God, like, you know, that's such a great great shot like you know yeah. like you must have like just crazy zoom lens i'm just <laughs> like tell people like no it's not like but like the same like i but that's also like you know luck plays a huge part in that because it's, i was yeah just, it was timing it was your ability yeah. to catch the timing so i mean it's it, it's yeah. it's still that luck so, luck yeah. does play a part but i'm gonna i'm gonna interject here and say that I, you have a sense of timing you know that this is the moment hit the button you know yeah and <laughs> And like that's the thing like, you can't teach that. But then like having a good, uh, a good, a good equipment and yeah. good uh, just practice with that good equipment is like that separates you from like a novice. That separates you from like a hobbyist. And then right. like again, there's nothing wrong with hobbyists. There's nothing wrong with people who like just like want to take pictures. Like because I people have talked to me and asked me like, oh hey like. Cause like it, like I think people get like nervous asking other photographers or any like any people in, in the art medium kind of mm-hmm. like asking them for suggestions on things. Cause then I think that people think that I would think that they're 
getting my knowledge and then going to use it to turn a profit. <laughs> right. Cause they're always just like, I promise I'm just taking pictures of like my family. I'm like, I'm like yeah. what without my permission? <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. A rising. T- uh, I always got to say this too. A rising tide floats all the boats. You know, yeah. if I, if a high, if a hobbyist can, can bring something to the table and you can learn from it by all means, you know, they're, yeah. we all are in this together. Really, I, I'm a very big firm, very firm believer of all that. I, I know competition is is high. I get that, but at the same time, unless we let our egos get out of the fucking way, we're, we're never going to be what we want to be. Oh, exactly. And like, I think, like you know, especially in the uh, in the art field, it's just like it takes yeah. a village. Yeah, absolutely. You know. It's tough in, in a small town. It's, it's so, I mean, we, we kind of talked a little bit about small town here for a minute, but in a small town, it's really, it's almost dog eat dog and everybody's wearing milk bone underwear, right? And <laughs> it's kind of like, it, it's hard to share, you know, as originally when I started talking about, okay, I got I to gotta get some local people on here because I've talked to other photographers and chefs and then, and, and, comedians and all that kinds of stuff on the show but i wanted to do something local and that's that's when you came up i i watched uh, a video that you made uh, with tara gillum no oh, yeah doing the 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 cocktails which i love obviously oh. but <laughs> nice. <laughs> um glad you're a fan right right um i and i subscribed yesterday so to the channel oh, nice. so yeah that's awesome so yeah. i uh I, I got to think, I, I got to get somebody else in here. And you mentioned a while back about doing some, you know, photo walks and things like that. And it just, it, it really made me harken back to the days when I would go to Cincinnati and, and do photo walks down there with folks that were total strangers to me um, for the, uh, dang, I can't remember now that it's the national photo or international photo walk. Oh, Scott Kelby does uh, for Kelby learning or media or whatever it is. Oh. Okay. Uh, I started doing that and uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun just walking around. I had more fun doing that and meeting with other people who were not pretentious. You know, it's like, hey, wow, you're, you're going to share your knowledge freely. <laughs> this yeah. is, this is fantastic. Let's hang out. And then, you know, over a drink or over, over some food. And uh, to me, this is, this is how we grow. You know, and, and that's, you really struck a chord with me when you were talking about some things here and didn't mean to cut you off really, but you're out, you're fine. It, it's one of the things where I just really feel like as creatives, we just, we have a golden opportunity here. We're living in a golden age of technology. Everything's out fixing our problems, it's making it easier. Why are we not focusing on the art and not kind of letting go of, of the ego a little bit? Because I, I really feel like the world needs artists. The world needs people to be creative, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, there's this, uh, I saw, like, I follow this, like, geek quote Instagram uh, account. And uh, Stephen King said, like, just especially during, like, the COVID stuff, you know, if it wasn't for creatives, like, people would just be, you know, super bored and, like, killing each other. <laughs> exactly. So it's just, like, <laughs> but people, I think now people just, like, they, I think people forget about and it's not i don't think it's like their fault like they're not like sitting there just they forget about me like during the covid crisis because everybody's like worried about like themselves obviously and like you know 
But at the same time, it's just like, oh, hey, like, you know, like I was just like doing funny uh, twist on things. I was like, you know, everybody's quarantined and looking at the same dumb wall art that you've had the last 15 years. How about buy some of my stuff? And people are just like, oh, yeah, I will. I'm like, oh, man, I can't believe that like worked. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to do that again. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I just like, part of me just like, you know, part of me just like, when's the second wave going to hit? Because I got some stuff to get rid of. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just kidding. I don't, I hope it doesn't happen. But, uh, somebody will say that and be like, see, Gunner's pro COVID. I knew it. (laughs) Everybody stay home and buy art. Yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody, everybody already knew it. And wear a fucking mask. Yeah, wear a fucking mask on her. Jesus. But, uh, I think people just kind of forget about the, uh, like, they kind of, they just forget about stuff. And they forget about, like, what, like, what it takes for, like, us artists to kind of put out there. Like, they forget that, I don't, it's just, it's a, it's a very difficult thing to kind of describe, kind of. Yeah. You know, it is. Because then, like, you start to sell, like, you start to sound like self-deprecating, kind of. Especially if, like, me, I'm like, well, you know, like, I hope someone buys my stuff, you know, even though right. they're in like this COVID thing, and like, you know, it's it is like, but then at the same time, artists are competing at this, like, you know, it's a new. There's all sorts of new rules constantly changing. Yeah. So you have like, you know, like you said, like this wealth. Like we live in the golden age of technology. Yeah. But we're not the only two people who realize this. <laughs> <laughs> right. So everybody else is like, you know, like, hey, check out my art. Hey, check out this. Check mm-hmm. out, check out that. Have you ever, like, have you heard of like that thing? And like, my nephew talked about it re- briefly, like, a couple weeks ago on a Facebook post. Have you heard like the imposter syndrome? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And like, I, I've never knew that's like that's like such a great way of like describing that because that's like another thing with artists like you know yes but like how you briefly brought like talked about the ego thing it's just like you're like okay i got this amazing like like i know like you know me and Tara's put a lot of work into the bartender next door series that you brought up and stuff and like we both know that like it's that's been done before yeah that kind of aspect of it but just like trying to put a twist on things and yeah. then trying not to like you know Tara's like worried about like making a drink that somebody else out there could make and I'm worried about just like keeping it the same as somebody else like on like a different YouTube channel or something right so it gets like to that point where like are we are we doing something that's actually like you know does it have authenticity yeah. <laughs> is it authentic is, I, I think has if- this been beaten down so much are we beating a dead horse <laughs> I I uh I don't think you are. I'm going to say it like this. I think you're providing value and your local audience right off the bat identifies with you and Tara as local. And they're more likely to see the work you do as new because they haven't noticed it from somebody else yet. Uh you're noticing it and I think all artists need to understand this. You're noticing it because you're in the environment. Mm-hmm. You're already there. You're already in the room, so to speak. And if somebody else walks into the room, it's the first time I've ever seen it. They're developing a sense of what is this, you know, and they go to what's familiar first. And you and Tara are familiar to them because they're local yeah. and you're introducing them to something. So in, in a way, you're introducing them to the things that you already know about. And I think that's what all artists do at the local level. I think we introduce people 
to what we already know about. And uh, this is me getting a little philosophical, but it, it's, I dig it. it's one, <laughs> yeah, I've been drinking enough. Um, <laughs> it's one of them things that I, I really believe artists have the opportunity to bring culture and the arts to their community so that others can learn to expand on that. You know, they may not always be a collector of your work. In fact, I hope they become collectors of multiple artists' work. Mm-hmm. And the difficulty with artists, and me, me particular, the, the argument that I always have for myself, the, the thing that I always fight with on the internal side, how do I get my art beyond the local level so I can support my standard of living? And I, I think there's a lot of artists out there who feel that way. And I, I love what you say about, you know, like Jeff Bridges. I mean, he's a, he's a photographer, but we all know him as an actor. Yeah. Um, he brings so much, so much more creativity to the table. But is he an actor or is he an artist? Is he a photographer? What is he? You know, it's it, it, what it boils down to is we're creative. We want to make shit. I mean, we just want to make things that people look at and find value in. And I, I just, I, I think there's so much more than just, I'm a guy that takes pictures or I'm a guy that paints pictures or I'm a, I'm a guy that makes meals. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, yeah. Cause I think like, you know, at the end of the day, like, like you said, like an artist like wants to create and like wants their work to be created, like, or be like the work that they created is appreciated. Yeah. And I think like another crucial thing is like what I've been learning, like going ups and downs, like, you know, like you start to, like you view work and you're just like, ah, like, okay, this isn't that good. <laughs> and then like, sometimes it's just like, like sometimes like I'll post something, not that like, I don't think anybody else will necessarily like, but I only kind of just do it for myself because like, I think it's important to kind of like, okay, I want to get like something out there. Like, you know, it might not be like a picture of like the meat smokestack that like people just get <laughs> reminiscent of who's not here. And there's nothing wrong with like pictures of smokestack or anything right, like that. Right. I think several all the time, but like, then there's like, just like, you know, just take like a different, like just take a picture of like an alleyway or take a picture of like, just like, you know, the, yeah, yeah. like the landscape of downtown, something that people aren't going to be like, Oh, this, well, this is interesting. Or like, like, Oh, I love this. And people might not even appreciate it all, but if you appreciate it, I think that's like crucial. Yeah. Like the growth and stuff. And then, I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, it's art is so subjective and especially coming from like a small town where and in small town. And then my generation who just immediately is just like, they take one picture, like, boom, I'm an artist. Like, okay, <laughs> well, right. <laughs> be prepared because yeah. it's, it's, if you want to take on this, like you want to take this role on. Yeah, it's not a cakewalk. <laughs> yeah, it sucks most of the time. But there's like small glimpses like that, like, you know, like I put like a a piece of work into like the, the pump house. Mm-hmm. Like they have like the hills. So I think that's what it's called. Yeah. And like that's the first one I've ever the first entry I've ever put into a pump house like show. Yeah, the especially pump, being lived. For those listening, the pump house is a a nonprofit art organization for our community. And they, they do quite a bit for uh, the arts. Uh, so the, the Hills that Gunner's referring to is a uh, kind of like the, I don't want to say invitational, but it's, it's kind of like the big event that locals can get into and share their work. So go yeah. ahead. I'm, I didn't want to interrupt, oh, but hey, I hey, want people fine. to know. 
For sure, yeah. I was going to try to put that in there somehow, but <laughs> you said it way more nicer than no, I Oh, well, you know. But, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was a board member once. <laughs> oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. And then, like, that's like, that's like the first one that, uh, like, I've ever done. And, like, you know, when people talk to me, they're just like, that's the first one. Because I, I, I did it like the last day because, you know, I'm an artist. So I, per- <laughs> you know, right. I yeah, procrastinate. We, yeah, yeah. They're just like, they're like, oh, this there's is the last day no, you could do it. I was there's like, I no know. other way. <laughs> I came in and like was just sweating from just trying to get there. I'm like, yeah, I got this. But like, you know, it's nice just being able to like put in that. And, like, I don't know if I won or not, or like won anything, or mm-hmm. you know, I don't know who won, placed, or did. But like, everything there was so good. And like all the like, there's some people I'm familiar with. Like I saw, of course, like some of Patrick Sims work, which <laughs> yeah. he's like an amazing painter. Yeah, he's got some and, pretty cool style. Yeah, and like just seeing everybody else's stuff, I'm just like, man. And I don't know half these people. <laughs> and like that's the crazy thing is just like there are so many like and there's so many different artists within this area that like even just stay like to themselves. I don't know if they're older and they're on Facebook. Or they're younger and they're also not on Facebook. I guess <laughs> I'm in that sweet spot where I both have a Twitter and a Facebook. Yeah. Where most people like younger me don't have a Facebook or something. But like it's just so in- intriguing. Like there's so many talented people here that I don't, I feel like nobody even knows who they are. Oh, it's fucking crazy. Paul yeah. and I talk, Paul, my, my, my uh, guest host who isn't here this week, but um, we talk about this all the time. It's like, you know, we've got, we got pro musicians who come out of this area, you know, yeah. people who've went on and, and toured the country and made a living making music. We've got people who made a living selling their art. It's, it's absolutely insane. And we're not even part of a, for everybody listening, Chillicothe is not even part of a metro area. We are literally an hour away from the closest metro area and very much Appalachian. You know, it, oh, yeah. it, it gets even, honestly, it gets even worse the farther southeast you go. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I really feel bad for anybody down there trying to make anything. I mean, if you're not digging coal, you're nothing. You know, <laughs> I just, I mean, but it's the way it true. goes. I, I hate to say it that way and no offense to anybody listening from those areas, but it, it's really, really hard to, I mean, especially when you start raising your prices to a, to a level of where you need it to be to support your income. Yeah, because, um, you know, and I got to, I got to say this because this is, a, this is an area that I'm very, this procrastinates me. It really does. See, I start thinking about money. It's like, fuck, I'm going to go back to work. I'm yeah. not doing anything else, but just, you know, guy have a job. See ya. No more art. Um, It becomes one of those things where you look at it and you, you, I hate to use the word things so many times, but it's, it is one of those things where you sit there and you, you just look at it and go, fuck, I, I can't make any money at this. I can't pay my bills at this because nobody wants to pay the amount of money that I need. But then they look at me and go, hell's bells. If I could, if I could sell a painting for $500, I wouldn't have a job. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, but I'm not taking $500. <laughs> yeah. There's, I got to pay taxes on that. I got to buy materials for that. You know? <laughs> and people, yeah. People just don't, I think like that, that's the thing earlier. It's like kind of like getting off, like I was kind of briefly touching on. It's just like people just, they look at that 
and they just see me and they're just like, oh, like, you know, $1,200 like for like a wedding. They're yeah. just like, oh, just for that. And it's like, man, I'm there for like 10 plus hours. Like I'm right. driving, like I'm, you know, I'm going, like I'm raw editing everything. Yeah. I'm like going through, like, you know, touching up, doing certain stuff. And it's just, you know, like I've always been the person, like I think just mainly because like I've, you know, made art, you know, my life, like, basically a lifestyle mm-hmm. that like I, I'm, when people start talking like, oh, these people like, you know, Burger King employees need fifteen dollars an hour. Just like, yeah, who cares? Just, if, if it's there, let them <laughs> right, have it. Right, exactly. I don't know. I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. People just don't make my whopper twelve dollars. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's well, yeah, because people ask me, they're like, "Well, Gunnar, you're an artist. What do you think about this kind of stuff?" I'm like, "For one, I'm an artist, not an economist." Yeah. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I just like as long as people still have enough money left over <laughs> to pay to buy one of my pieces or like hire me to do something, then yeah, yeah for sure. That's yeah. what I, you know, because like I said at the very beginning of this was just like, you know, art, especially doing art as a job is selling yourself, but yeah. you got to do so in a way that like you feel comfortable with. And it's kind of hard to like value one's work, especially somebody else's, yeah. you know, and somebody just be like, I don't think like, I know, I know I've talked to different photographers and stuff and, you know, just not just here, but just everywhere else. And they'll be like, Oh, like, like that's just, you know, I can't believe that's just so much. Right. Or like that they like you should charge that much. I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> like I not because like I was on uh something like just doing all this stuff. I was able to work on a movie here that was shot here and in Jackson with like some like big name people. Yeah, I seen that. Yeah. And I know exactly what you're talking about. You don't have to mention it, but I know exactly it, which one you're talking about. Yeah. And everybody like like a lot of people there for were some of the producers and stuff were from LA. And they're transplants, so they, they weren't always there. But they start, uh, they were talking to me about stuff, and they would just be so like, man, everything's super cheap here. Like, Gunnar, how do you not, like, how are you not rich? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. You can't, a, yeah, you can't charge only prices. <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of a backhanded compliment. They're just like, well, this place is a shithole. I'm just like, no, it's not. And they're just like... There's a mattress in this guy's yard, and there's a hole burnt for the middle of it. I was like, okay, bad example. Yeah, so he smokes uh, when he falls asleep. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> but like, but like, you know, for those people, they we have conversations back and forth, and they just be like, well, you should like really raise your prices, like LA prices, like that won't work here. Yeah, it won't. It won't. I mean, just just as an example, you mentioned twelve hundred dollars for a wedding. I uh, the last time I checked has been years, but the national average for a wedding was like twenty five hundred. Yeah. So, you know, where's your profit? And then you start looking at other things. Um, I mentioned Chase Jarvis earlier in, in the beginning of the episode, as we don't all need to be like Chase. But I remember reading many years ago, many moons ago, probably 2005, 2010, somewhere in that range. Um, he had mentioned that he, his studio, if he makes 15 uh, clients a year, he's, he's, it's a good year. And I know that he has a $6 million business out of his corporate, you know, commercial type of business. He shoots for SanDisk and Mountain Dew. And I don't, I don't know what all he does now. I don't follow him like mm-hmm. I used to. But, you know, when you start doing the math, you realize that's a $250,000 to $500,000 gig on average. Who gets that shit? Right. And I know it's yeah. Mountain Dew paying for it. I know it's SanDisk paying for it. And some of these other companies that are paying for it. But 
and I'm not asking people from home to say, you know, I, I got to pay five thousand dollars for a wedding, but I know there's people in Cincinnati that charge ten. Oh, I to know. To do a wedding, like, so I know several. Yeah, it, it's yeah. It, it, it's frustrating, really. Oh yeah, I mean, it's just but it's just like you know, it's it is it's it's extremely frustrating because you start to look at it and it's you're like, okay, like here, like, and like Cincinnati's only an hour and a half away from, you know, Chilla Coffee. Right. And, you know, and that take in Cincinnati, like hits like that tri city area, you know, right. like just hits everything. Right. So then like, of course people there, cause like what am I like, like my uh, oldest and like best, like childhood friend, like lives there. And his fiance is like, always just like, Oh, just like come down here and like give your, like, you know, business cards out and that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, like, I would like to, but then at the same time, like I'd have to like double because I can't charge them the same amount that here because right. like there's certain things where like people there just like they fork over money because the the cost of living is like a little bit higher, so they have more money at these other places. And that's like one thing for like listeners listed in like about like pricing. Like you almost have to do different pricing for like just different demographics. You do, you do, and. And people just kind of don't see that. Just like, yeah, anybody like McDonald's can charge, you know, a buck twenty nine or whatever, how much it is for like, you know, a McDouble or something because they can. An artist can like, you know, I can charge like one thirty for like, you know, an eighteen by twenty photo of like the smokestack. But then somebody like from Columbus wanted it, I'd be like, well, I can probably double it because, you know, they can probably afford it. And like, you start to think like, am I like? shicing people out of money like not really if like there's a market for it why not do it right and that's the key the market in this area is just not there yeah um i i struggle with as an artist i struggle with that a lot because i hear my mentors are always saying you you need to sell 20 paintings a year and make four hundred thousand dollars from those paintings that'll give you enough money to pay off um any kind of debt you might have You'll be able to pay your salary. You'll be able to pay your insurance. You know, I I can't sell 20 paintings at $20,000 a piece locally. Mm -hmm. I just can't do it. I've got artwork in my stable that's upwards of $5,000. It's already done, but I don't even show it here. It's it's one of the things where there's no point in putting it in a show or a local store because people here would just lose their minds. It'd be like... Who is he? You know, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like we're not alone. You know, we're not in this little <laughs> microcosm of of the world that says the prices can only be this. I know there are people around the world that feel the same way. Um, if if you're a painter in India, I know you're not going to get the kind of money you're going to get from L.A. I get that. So you kind of have to have a price point, and it's ethically weird to say. All right, if I'm gonna put this painting in LA, it's gonna be more money than it is in Chilicavi. And and yeah. you really you really can't do that because ethically, again, it's just weird. So I do it on size. Uh photography, yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't really don't know how to handle that. Um it, it's a it's a tough situation. But you know, pricing yeah. pricing's just stupid all all, all together. Uh, I hate to say it that way, but it is. It well, it's just like when that's what like, you know. Like the kind of brief keep going back to it's just like when you're starting off and you want you know you're you have a good portfolio and you're just like okay I can make 
I feel like I can make a decent amount. Probably still have a part-time job doing something else. It doesn't matter. Like right. as, as long as like I think you hustle and stuff, that's the important thing. But and like you're true to yourself. Yeah. But uh, just having like constantly, like have like you're doing your work, you're doing your work, and you're like you're trying to promote yourself and it's, like trying to stay like ethical and everything. Like you know, it's in the sense of like, am I worth this much? And then you start to do like the pricing stuff, and it kind of takes away from like the artistry kind of yeah because you're so worried yeah. about one piece like that you think like you know i got pieces where i travel like you know like i said travel to guatemala i didn't pay for that trip so that i didn't really have to like you know do anything where okay i gotta sell this to like you know make up for this like plane ticket or you know like insurance like on mm-hmm. my camera just in case like you know something gets stolen or broken in a you know a different country or like you know like when i traveled out west and that kind of stuff right I start that you start to think like okay like how many like you know eighteen by twenties or like sixteen by ten like you know like those different sizes and you start to think like uh and just like, that business side like it takes over like you know takes over the left brain creative side yep and you're just like oh man like is this like worth it yeah exactly that's why I say that's when the procrastination starts for me I just I just freeze I start yeah. thinking I I can't I can't make anything. Yeah, it, I, it is frustrating. I think that's important to like, you know, I, you know, you being an amazing artist and just like you saying that's like, you know, that's, that's, that's a good thing to hear because like, I think so many artists are like in that sense, like are like that Yeah. because I, I it's, it's impossible to not feel that way. And well, that, it's probably, it's probably like that with any, any other place. Like if you're like a freelancer. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I'd no say that's what, right. Yeah. And and to bring us back on what you mentioned earlier about the imposter syndrome, you know, I always feel like a fraud, no matter what I do. You know, I can I can put a price on something and say, well, that's fair. Uh, I don't I don't typically price on time because I know people just they look at it and go, why well, I I only make seventeen dollars an hour. How mm-hmm. come you're getting more than I am per hour? If that if that painting only took you twenty hours, why why am I paying so much? Um, so I don't really price that way, but there become there's a moment in in my own brain in my own thought process where I sit there and go, "Am I really doing this right? Am I really <laughs> am I really thinking the way I should be?" But I know I am because I I look at how many hours are available in the studio. I know how many how much time I have. You know the podcasting. You know just just if I were to break it down to one thing, you know, I want to, I want to do videos. I want to do my blog. I want to do these other things that are just all content creation. And I take pictures all the time of the shit that I do, but even the blog takes, you know, or I mean the, the podcast takes a lot of time. It's like, you know, we're, we're doing this. I'll, I'll have, uh, probably two and a half to three hours of actual production time mm-hmm. in this. And I've got probably an hour to two hours of pre-production time. And I'll have every bit of three to five hours of post-production time. And I'm not making really any money <laughs> on, yeah. on doing a podcast. You know, uh, I don't do ads yet. And that's not a big deal. But that's, that's not really why I do this. For me, the whole podcast thing is, is about sitting down with other creatives and, and doing what I would do normally. We just publish it. That's the only, <laughs> that's the only difference. Uh, yeah, I, love, I love sitting down with artists. Go ahead. Yeah, I just I think that's like important because like sometimes like 
and it's just good to like go out and, like especially doing something like this or this is like i think this is very like uh therapeutic yeah yeah and just like kind of like one because like i think most like i you probably you talk to more creatives than like what i do like especially doing this like i mean there's like very far and few between where like like I actually sit down with another photographer or something. It's not that like there's like bad blood or anything like that. It right. just gets to the point where like everybody's so busy. I feel exactly. like, and then like the like we said earlier, there's like that kind of like that knowledge gap where people just start asking each other, like almost like gauging like how much more that you know than some. I'm not saying people here do it. Right. It happens pretty much yeah, every, everywhere. Every, it's like, everywhere. It's like, yeah, it's like athletes talking. Like I've you know, obviously like. I don't have the athlete gene. That's why I'm a creative. But, <laughs> Me too. And yeah, I'm fat. So, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I've got the quarantine 15. So, you know, it's all good. But just ha- uh, like here, like you hear two people, like, you know, played high school ball together, like, you know, went and played division, you know, one, two, three, whatever. Right. Basketball or football or something. They start talking. They start talking shop like, oh, yeah, like I do this, this and this. And like, Sometimes, like, you know, if I'm at a bar, just, like, at a party or just some sort of event, like, I just overhear somebody talking. I'm just, like, it's not too different than, like, what the creative thing is because they start gauging each other. Yeah. And it's just, like, okay. Like, okay, let's, like, oh, like, you know, like, Mike started off this way. Like, you know, I started off this way. That's super interesting. And there's, like, kind of go, going back and forth on that because I think yep. what happens with creatives, people just get too, uh, like, focused on like whether or not the person's like critiquing them as they're talking about <laughs> themselves yeah and it's hard like but i don't it is i think yeah it's it's, all, it's cool it's too crazy. because you and i we had basically we had some internet uh interaction through text yeah. and, and all that uh we talked for maybe 10 minutes before we hit record on on this podcast but you know generally speaking i mean here we are in a small town we've never met personally face to face um, we've never talked face to face and, you know, we're, we're having a conversation over a couple of drinks and we're talking about art and creativity. And, and I really, I hope anybody listening, I really hope they get some sort of value out of this show. And, and I know we've, we've danced around a lot of different things. And then if you're in a small town and, and you, you feel the same way, I totally get it, but it's really important for people to know that we, we all struggle with these things. We all do all the time. And I've, I've met with people who make their living from paintings. I've met people who make their living from photography and they feel the same way. This doesn't change. The amount of money you make is, it is not going to change your outlook on if you're an imposter or if you feel like you're an imposter. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? Um, I think like when it comes down to like, like the amount, I think, I don't think like really like money changes, like, like a person per se, kind of like, it just kind of depends on like whether or not like all these like outside influences kind of affect you really. The money doesn't, it's the people that come with the money and those kind of like stigmas that come with it. It's like what affects the person. It's just like, you know, I just compare it to like acting. Mm -hmm. So you have somebody like, uh, you know, say like Justin Bieber or something who like got a lot of money and a lot of like really quick. And they like, then you see him like kind of spiraling off the rails kind of. Right. And then you have somebody like, say like, you know, he's beloved now. He always kind of was, but like Keanu Reeves, you know, just like him just being like this 
super like nice guy like you know like right. doesn't even, like really touch like women like when he like poses with them and he's been doing this stuff for years yeah but like and he makes like i mean like like i like i you know like the john wick movies are super good just yeah. because like the choreographed like fight scenes and everything and they're making like four of them and they gross like so much money so oh, he yeah. has like a lot of money like coming in so I, but you know yeah like, i i agree I was, go ahead Oh, but it's just like, you know, that and like having like the Peter Dinklage thing where like I watched like he did like a uh, college commencement or like ceremony, like speech. And he was talking about how he like was like some of his like hot meals were considered just eating a bag of chips on like his right. friend's thing. <laughs> yeah. And then he you know became a big actor and like start on Game of Thrones and stuff. And he's still a nice dude. Yeah. He's my spirit person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is. The, he's so nice. He, he seems really like is. Such, like, he seems like such a genuine dude. Yeah, and I yeah. think, yeah. And like, just kind of like, I drink and I talk about art. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the great thing. That's the good, like, he drinks you know, any of those things. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And I just think like, just like with the imposter thing, when it comes down, like you make money and like, as long as you stay true, like to yourself, and it's hard for me. Cause like, I'm, I'm a 28 year old, like, you know, People still call me a kid. I still feel like I feel like an old man at times, but then sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I can, I can still do stuff. But it's, it's imp- I think it's imperative to say like, it's you got to stay true to yourself, especially you when it comes down. And then it's, it's hard because like I've been in situations where like you know people give me money to do stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. And then like I've had people like ask me like like both sides, Democrat and Republican. They're just like, well, how much like you know get us on your get us on our side or something I'm like i it's like I'm, I'm i'll make something for you guys but like i'm not gonna like i'm not like selling my soul to the devil here right right and I, like that's what you know, that's what we like about you i'm like okay <laughs> thanks <laughs> i think creatives and i'm gonna i'm gonna speak probably out of turn here probably get a little bit of hate mail from it but i think creatives <laughs> need to be a little bit apolitical um, oh for sure it's it's really difficult to play both sides of the the fence it 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 almost gets in the way because you know your art's not political unless unless you're doing political cartoons or political art mm-hmm. or whatever. But it, I mean, it's a whole nother subject, really. But yeah, um, you know, if you're if you're being true to your art, your your politics really shouldn't matter. If they're hiring yeah. you to do a job, you know, it, it's kind of that way. But I I see exactly what you're saying. It, yeah, it really has a. For some reason in this country, politics really has a division, and I, I hate that, actually. I wish it was a real balancing act uh, to the point where instead of throwing mud at each other, we went back to the whole, let's see what we can do for the people. Because mm-hmm. it, it is like, supposed to be we the people, and I, I personally wish we could just fire all of them. <laughs> sure. I think, like, yeah, and it's like, I'll ask you this. Do you think, like, uh, do you get this a lot? Because I get it a lot. Uh, and I'm saying like you know I am or what um, I am or not, but right. like do people come up to you and just think because you're creative you're automatically like super liberal? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So like it happens with me all and pe- like my views like you know just like this will probably people like but people already know like I'm like I'm liberal in the sense of like you know uh, social stuff and everything else. Yeah. But like I'm like moderate like on a lot of things because I'm just like you know hey like like I'm not like, it's like weird that like people just automatically pigeonhole me into like a certain demographic of people just because yeah. supposedly 
liberals are nicer to creatives, I guess. <laughs> right. And I've never, I never understood that because, like, I've had people like Republicans, conservatives on both sides. They're just like, oh, what? They're like, oh, you would, you work with us? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> right. I, yeah, that's a, exactly why I think it, photographers and journalists in general, I think they need to be apolitical. And yeah. this is why I love Walter Cronkite as an, as a, interviewer and news person he, he didn't he never took a side it was always let's publish the truth and that's I, important yeah and i think that's where we're at right now we just have so much bias in in mm-hmm. so many different ways and um i don't want to get into political stuff on the yeah. show but yeah, it, it's sure. it's really one of them things where uh, you know teach their own i guess um i don't i don't really know how to how to say it but as an artist if you're creating art you know make shit that makes you happy fuck everything else exactly honestly and that's what i always that's what i'm always screaming just yeah. like if someone's like you know like like it's a bread and butter for me is like you know weddings and like you know those kind of like big shoots like that yep. if that's all you want to do and you don't want to like delve into like family stuff or senior portraits or that kind of stuff cool Right. If like I follow a lot of landscape and like you know nature photographers, and that's kind of it seems I don't really know them personally, but they seem like they make a pretty decent living just doing yeah. that. If that's all they want to do and they're happy with it, then that's super cool. And it's not going to be like I have close, super close friends who like I'll talk to them about like yeah, I'm like I'm going down to like you know like New River Gorge that kind of stuff. And they're just like why. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> and, and it's like there's nothing wrong because like like you know those same friends will just like you know spend a bunch of money on like go, go watch like an NFL football game <laughs> right and I'm just like that's cool like I don't like you know it's whatever they want to do with their time and they're like you know what they want to do but it's just like all what makes you kind of happy especially yes in the creative sides and then especially during like you know, not to kind of bring back COVID, but like, I think times like this is especially like, especially me, this has been a huge learning phase. I don't know if it's just because of COVID or it's, you know, just because it's 2020 and 2020, it's just like, you know, a garbage fire kind of year. <laughs> yeah. But it's made me like look into myself and be like, okay, like what makes me happy as an artist and what can I subtract from like my photography career that like kind of brings on negative emotion that affects the things that I actually care about. Because at one point, like there's always negative aspects to everything that you do, especially something that you love. Yeah. Like, and seeing that kind of like, I was just like, okay, so I don't like doing this. I know this has to exist in order for me to create and make money and live this like, hippie uh fly by <laughs> fly by night lifestyle that my mom likes to tell my aunts and uncles you're, such, they a, ask about you're me. such a bohemian yeah they're just like they're like oh general find his that one of these like i'll tell my mom like i'm like hey i like had dinner with like you know sherrod brown and got to talk to him and, like take pictures and stuff and just, like my aunts and uncles would be like what's gunner up to like oh he's he's still figuring it out <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's like, hard man we're all yeah. figuring it out I was like, mom, I had dinner with like the person who voiced Bobby Hill. <laughs> I remember, I remember you got to, since we're bringing up moms, my mom, she's such a, she passed away in 2013, but I, she was such a, a fun person to share things with. 
She's like, what'd you do over the weekend? I've shot photographs of Megadeth, mom. We were backstage and we were doing some things and Dave Mustaine is a really nice guy. She goes, I don't know who this Megadeth is. <laughs> but if if he's paying you, that's great. It's like, well, yeah. I'm, I'm not getting paid by him, but the magazine I work for is paying me a little bit, you know. <laughs> so yeah. Was, I just like, like, I, I, like yeah, like, yeah, it sounds like our moms would have got along. Oh, like yeah. They, my mom does the same thing. She'll just, I was just like, yeah, like, you know, I, he's nobody. Like, yeah, she says that. And I'm just like, cool, mom. She goes, well, she goes, I'm just, she goes, I just know that one of these days you're going to make it big. And I was just like, I think I've kind of done some really cool stuff. You just don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> right. And she's just like, she goes, sorry, got her. She goes, I don't read the paper. And I'm like, I don't know. All the paper. Yeah. It's funny. But it's just like, you know, but like, having that uh like so like just that this learning time i guess with covid it's yeah, just been yeah. like you know just kind of like an eye opener like i've been talking to like other like creatives and stuff and like like i have a friend that like lives in washington she's always uh like posting like photos and stuff and just she goes do you like this i was just like yeah like i mean do you like it like it's like that's the important thing like i'm not here like critique people's work to a point where they're like gonna be like crying on the ground being like oh my gosh <laughs> Which that's not like I don't want that goal. Right. I think like you know like because everybody's just like critiqueness is good, but just like critique like you know like like how I said the Simon Cal kind of critique where you're just like making fun of somebody just yeah. to make fun of them. Yeah, exactly. Or you could just be like, well, you know, just this needs some work. But I mean, like that's it. Yeah. But yeah, I think this this time especially, and I don't know if it's like like I said, COVID or just in the air or something. But it's like made me really want to be like a better artist and yep. kind of like take the time to be like, okay, like you know, kind of like just dust my hands off and just like get up from this like you know weird stasis because it feels like it's like March 178. You know, <laughs> it doesn't even feel like it's September. I'm just like it's still March, yeah. right? When is this going to end? I'm like, <laughs> exactly, I, and. You know, anybody less than hopefully somebody else like feels the same way because I think like a lot of other people have, especially in the creative department. Because like my brother's like he works maintenance at McDonald's, so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll talk to him. And like we're different, like we're twins, but he's like just like a work got like you know blue collar, just like works. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? But I ask him, like, you know, how's everything? He goes, my life hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, that must be so cool. Yeah. Oh shoot. Well, I, uh, with, with, uh, with the way we're going here, I, I could, I could easily make us a Seth, uh, a Seth Rogan, listen to me, a Joe Rogan episode where we go for three hours, but I know our oh, listeners yeah. typically only like to go about an hour, but with that, I want to go ahead and go into the last call, which is a, a segment of the show where I ask rapid fire questions and give all of you oh. listening time to finish that drink. So, cause I'm down to about a half a drink right now. I've, Same. I don't even want to tell you how many beers I've opened since we started and Damn, uh, nice. the bourbon. So yeah, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. So I got three questions for you, Gunner. Yeah. You have unlimited funds and have a, well, basically let me just say you have to make a choice to hire just one chef to make all your meals for one week out of the two. Who would you choose? Anthony Bourdain or Gordon Ramsay? Uh, Anthony Bourdain, for sure. Nice. He's such a rock star. Yeah, I, I like Gordon, but, you know. 
he's he's cool. Like Andy Bourdain, like I didn't because like I of course like how it is with every artist. Like I got hip to him after he passed. Yeah. So like I always thought he was super funny and like just like I watched like the you know, show like a little bit. But I like started really reading into him. And I was just like, this guy is just he's a badass. Like, I was just like, he's like, what I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, cause he's just so un- like, that's why earlier just talking about like, you know, briefly go back real fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, like just about being yourself. Cause I think like that was like the good, like everybody said he's, he was him. Like Anthony were like what you saw, like what you see is what you get. Yeah. And that's, that's important. Cause you can tell when like, you know, politicians are being like, you know, you can tell that they're being fake. They're not being real. You oh, can't yeah. have a beer. You can't have a beer with these people. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no matter how, like, can you have a beer with this person? I don't, but I'd be so freaked out to have a, like a beer with Obama. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got a beer with you. Fine. And not to say that like, you know, like he's more intimidating than you, but he's like, he's fucking Barack Obama. Exactly. Yeah. So then like, if Anthony Bourdain, he's just like, he has such like, uh, I think ahead of his time idea of like how yeah. the travel and art, yeah. And different cultures could all mix. And Absolutely. I'm not saying Gordon, Gordon Rams can't do the same thing, but Amy Bourdain is just, he's just a way more bigger badass. Yeah, like yeah. Me. That's the way I feel. He's got a great book. For those listening, uh, Kitchen Confidential is a great book. I've read it twice. Uh, and I, I referred to a lot of the chapters just, just because I like to read them, but I've read through the book, I know, at least twice. Uh, so go give out a give out a look. If you're, if you're looking for some good reading and you're a creative, I think it kind of, meets all the demands from every creative but uh number two if you could study with any photographer dead or alive who would it be uh ansel adams really yeah i, I did not think that that would be your answer but that's um, that's a fantastic well, answer well he went out and did like a lot of the uh like national parks yeah and one of my favorite uh stories i think it's true like my professor tells me it all the time I'm pretty sure it's true. There's no way he would make it up, but or maybe he just likes to just <laughs> let's do himself tell a story. But uh he uh like him and his assistant were like getting this uh sunset photo, I think like out in Montana, I, I believe, I think it was. And he just sits there and says and like they they prep like, you know, it's like days of film and everything. Mm-hmm. And he gets like the sun's, you know, sitting over the horizon, like getting this nice landscape. He goes he goes in, mm-hmm. takes it, and then starts like taking everything down. And his assistant's like, uh, Ansel, like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, are you, or what? He goes, I got it. He goes, <laughs> and he's just like, what do you mean you got it? He goes, well, you think, he goes, we spent hours like setting this up because you don't think like I, I didn't come here prepared. <laughs> so I was just like, man, that is just that such is, a cool story. It is. He's a badass yeah. too. Yeah. I oh, love to like, learn from him. Just like, cause like, that's like that patience. Kind yeah. Of thing. Like, you yeah. know, you sat there and like waited, just like sitting there, just like, okay, I got this. Preparation. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, that's that. Yeah. So definitely him for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Preparation is uh, better than perspiration. So he must have knew that. <laughs> as, as an older man, I, I, under, I completely understand. Um, all right. Number three, where is your dream location? The place you must see one day. Oh man, that's like I, like like dream like I have to go. Like I want to see that I haven't seen already. <laughs> right, like, like legitimately be there. Like you have to go there. Um, 
I really, uh, I want to go see, uh, like there's, um, there's this movie with, uh, Martin Sheen called The Way Mm -hmm. that, have you ever seen it? Have you ever heard of it? I have. Yeah. And like, he does like that, like big long track. And I like, I want to just like go to all Mm -hmm. those places, like just like in that, uh, Copa Stella, Copa de Stella, for like a uh-huh. like Santiago, whatever it's called. I'm kind of blanking, but like <laughs> just those like Italian, like just sent like like rocky cliffs and those kind of things, like just oh, like yeah. just that countryside. It's just absolutely amazing. It's either it's a it's between that and like Stonehenge because like I've always like had, <laughs> like I just love it. I don't know why. Like it's just like one of those like. You know, it's like super like commercial, but man, yeah. I just think that stuff is so cool. My wife and I should drag you off, and and your girlfriend, you all four of us should go to Italy and just just fucking annihilate it. <laughs> yeah, I am fucking down, man. You tell me when. I'll tell her to get some time off. There because, you go. You know, that would I'm, be great. I'm fly by night anyway. So, yeah. All right. Sweet. I need to ask, how can people find you and learn more about your work online? Um, well, you can follow, um, my Facebook, which is like my personal one Mm -hmm. because I like, I I felt like I probably should make like my own kind of like, uh, photography, like Facebook, just so there's just something constantly being pumped out. But I think Mm -hmm. people like the, uh, like I said, the realness of like my stuff. So, uh, there, and then like on Instagram, like my Instagram is, uh, simply just Gunner Barnes underscore. Very creative there. I'm a creative guy. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Like, so, and then, like, YouTube, of course, like, to see, like, the bartender next door for people who have, are interested in seeing Gary Gellum sling some drinks and drop some dope-ass knowledge of making cocktails. And, yeah, that's pretty much the only two places you can kind of see my stuff. Awesome, awesome. And we need to push Tara to get more, more stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. More, for more. sure. <laughs> yeah. So push, push that. Yes. Awesome. Um, I want to add some links to the show. And uh, as always, you can find links for me in the show notes by visiting allwalksofart.simplecast.com. And that is the end of the show. Share this episode with your friends. Subscribe if you are not already. And I'd love for you to leave us a review. I'm thankful you shared your time with us. And I hope you become a regular. Thank you, Gunner, for being a part of this show. Hey, thank you so much for having me, man. This was this was a great time. It was great fun. Talk. It was great fun. I, don't, I really don't even want to cut it off. I really don't. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you can have one of those. So when do I pose with a sword in front of an American flag like Joe Rogan? Right, right. right. That year? Do, you, like, do you want me to send one? <laughs> yeah. I'll have a samurai sword or katana or whatever yeah. he does. I think that's the weirdest thing. And I, it's such a good gimmick that he does. It yeah, is. It is. I'll send it to you. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Until next time, may your drinks be tasty and your muse be thirsty. See you, Gunner. See you, man. <laughs>